Thank you, Lillian. Well said. So as we get going today, uh, some of you may have thought last week we were closing out this series on Joshua's faith because after all, the Israelites have conquered the 31 kings and kingdoms that fought. Ooh, sorry about that. They fought battles for seven years. They conquered the enemies of God. And for all intent and purposes, they conquered enemies that should have annihilated the Israelite nation. But they did their part and they followed God and God did his part and delivered them to the promised land. And just when you thought the story was over, well, it's kind of like one of those infomercials that we've all grown to love so much. Oh, but wait, there's more. The story's not over yet, Joshua. And Israel, hey, you crossed the Red Sea on dry land. You wandered in the desert for 40 years. But wait, there's more. You ate manna while you were in the desert. You had quail. You were even infested with deadly snakes. But wait, there's more. You got water from a rock. And you fought a seven-year battle. And now you're standing in the promised land. And you may think you're done. But wait, there's more. See, today we're going to talk about faith and waiting. And before we get... To the part about the uh, more of the story, which by the way, the more part is all about how Joshua divided up the land for Israel. But while that's happening, they still have to wait. Uh, anyone here like to wait? Any, anyone? Yeah, I mean, just like, you just love to get somewhere, and when you get there, you see a huge line, and you're like, yes, we get to wait. No? Uh, water parks? You get to the water park, you get in the water park, and you get to that favorite slide, a 30-minute wait in the sun to go down a water slide. Uh, maybe for you, it's, you get to a place, I don't know, like Disney, and you think, hey, it's great right now. They're running half capacity. Hey, half capacity at Disney is still a 47-minute wait to ride Space Mountain, in case you're wondering. I looked it up. Anyone, maybe you just can't wait to go grocery shopping every week and you fill the buggy with all your stuff and you're like, yeah, I made good time. I'm out of here. And there's that one line is open and it's a long one. But that's all right. I get to wait in the checkout line. Anybody just wait, enjoy waiting on anything at all? Spoiler alert, Lillian mentioned Christmas. Uh, we're 72 days away. I don't know about you all, but I can't wait for Christmas. I love Christmas. I'm ready now. Let's celebrate. Hey, waiting sometimes is the toughest thing. Waiting on a birthday. Anybody waiting on a birthday? Anyone avoiding a birthday? Yeah. Anyone waiting on a birthday gift? Anyone? Anyone? Yeah, I'm always, hey, listen, my birthday is August 31st, but I accept gifts through November in case it sneaks up on you, okay? Just, I always like to say it. And yeah, Christmas, December 25th, I'll accept Christmas gifts through like February, March. I'm okay. Uh, waiting. Waiting on a promotion. Waiting to close on a house. Have you been there? All those days seem like forever. Waiting to move. The U-Haul truck comes and, and maybe you're all packed up. Maybe waiting for someone to arrive. You're at the airport. You're on time. And the plane is delayed and you haven't seen him forever. And you're like, no, I love waiting. Waiting for a baby to get here. Nine months can seem like forever. How about test results? Maybe waiting on college acceptance letters. Waiting in the line at the drive-thru. Who's got that kind of time? Listen, we want it. And we want it right now, no matter what it is. And here's something that the Israelites essentially worked towards 
and we're going to talk about that. They had to wander in the desert for 40 years. They waited 40 years. They fought battles. They wandered. And now here they are. And we're going to look at what God tells Joshua in chapter 13, verses 1 through 7 here in just a second. But it starts out, chapter 1 says, Now Joshua was old and advanced in years. And I love this verse. This is one of my, I have a lot of favorites, as you know. But this is one of my favorite verses. Because God, who is not bound by space and time, says to Joshua, you are old and advanced in years. And it just cracks me up when I think about that conversation. <laughs> uh, and there yet remains, there remains yet very much land to possess. He, he said, hey, you've done this. You've wandered, you've fought battles, but there's still lands to be conquered. He says, this is the land that yet remains. All the regions of the Philistines and all of those of the Geshurites, from the Shahor, which is east of Egypt, northward to the boundary of Ekron, it is counted as Canaanite. There are five rulers of the Philistines. Now these are people that have not yet been conquered by the Israelites. Five rulers of the Philistines. Those of Gaza, Ashdod, Ashkelon, Gath, and Ekron. And those of Avim. In the south, all the land of the Canaanites and Merah that belongs to the Sidonians and to Aphek to the boundary of the Amorites. And the land of the Gebelites and all Lebanon toward the sunrise. From Baal Gad below Mount Hermon to Lebo Hamath. In all, and this is this verse 6, all the inhabitants of the hill country from Lebanon to Misrephoth Maim, even all the Sidonians. Now, I'm reading this, and I'm like, wait, I thought they were done fighting, a, a conquering. And Joshua, God says to Joshua, you are. Look at verse 6. God says, I myself will drive them out before the people of Israel. Only allot the land of Israel to Israel for an inheritance as I have commanded you. So God says, hey, I'm going to take care of it. You, you're done fighting battles. I'm going to go on before you. Verse 7 says, now therefore divide this land for an inheritance to the nine tribes and the half tribe of Manasseh. Now wait a second. I thought there were 12 tribes. Well, there are. But if you remember, the other two and a half tribes have already been given their land on the other side of the Jordan. So they've already been given theirs. The other half of the tribe of Manasseh, the Reubenites and the Gadites, received their inheritance, which Moses gave to them. So Moses set up the inheritance east of the Jordan. And then God's giving instruction to Joshua for the land west of the Jordan. But this morning, I want to share with you about a man named Caleb. Caleb was the son of Jephunneh and his request for an inheritance. And this is what Caleb says. Listen to Joshua chapter 14, verses 6 through 8. And then we're going to talk about Caleb and his family and his inheritance. So the people of Judah came to Joshua at Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, in Kadesh Barnea concerning you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought his word again as it was in my heart. But my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. Hey, you guys remember the spies? They, they went to spy on Canaan. Ten were bad. Two were good. Caleb was one of the good spies. Actually, Caleb and Joshua were the good spies. Caleb wholly followed God. Listen closely. The 12 that spied out the whole land of Canaan, they did it in 40 days. And when the men came back, they brought back fruit from the land. They talked about how lush and how bountiful the land was. But 10 of them didn't stop there. They went on to say, oh yeah, it's, it's good, but these cities are fortified. 
Uh, these cities are huge. These people in these cities, they're giants in the land. We look like grasshoppers in their sight. They spread fear throughout the camp. They said it was too dangerous for the Israelites. They said they even suggested that they go back to Egypt voluntarily to be slaves. Only Joshua and Caleb had faith that they could conquer the land. But Caleb was the first one to stand and speak up. Numbers 13, 13. Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. He wholly trusted in God. So with, with almost the whole Israelite camp against him, Caleb stands up. He takes a stand. He speaks up. He says what needs to be said. And well, the rest of the story goes like this. Because of their doubting, God made the Israelites wander in the wilderness for 40 years. One year for each day they spied out the land. And then God said to all the adults in Israel at that time that they would die in the wilderness except for Caleb and Joshua. Numbers 14, 24 and Numbers uh, and 30 through 30, or excuse me, chapter 30, verses 31 through 24. God says this, my, my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land into which he went and his descendants shall possess it. That was Numbers 14, 24. And then Numbers 30, 30 and 31 says, Not one shall come into the land where I swore that I would make you dwell except Caleb the son of Jephunneh and Joshua the son of Nun. But your little ones, who you said would become a prey, and that was part of it. The Israelites were scared and they said, if we do this, our children are going to be taken from us. We should just go back to Egypt. And he says, but your little ones, who you think would become prey, I will bring in and they shall know the land that you have rejected. And so here's Caleb. He, he spent 40 days spying on the enemy. He comes back with his report. He's outnumbered in his opinion, yet he still speaks up to Moses and to Israel and said, with God's help, we can have victory. Caleb's a great example of what I say all the time. I say, all we have to do is honor God, no matter what everyone else is, chooses to do around us. All we have to do, Christian, is honor God. And Caleb honored God. He, he did not get concerned with fear. He didn't even fear the people from the land of Canaan. And he sure enough didn't fear the Israelites and what they thought of him. And whatever threat the Israelites thought they had from the land of Canaan. He didn't fear it because he knew God was bigger. He spoke up and he stepped up when others backed down. He was willing to step forward in faith when others around him took a step backwards in fear. And here we see 40 years later that God rewards him for his faith and his actions. See, that's, that's part of that waiting. Some, sometimes we just want that instant gratification. But God, 40 years later, God allows Caleb's family to go into the promised land. Look at Joshua 14, verses 9 through 15. Let's see how this plays out. Moses swore on that day saying, surely, and that's the day that they came back and gave the report and Caleb said, we can take this land of Canaan because God is with us. So he says, surely the land on which your foot is trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive just as he said these 45 years since the time that the Lord spoke his word to Moses while Israel walked in the wilderness. And now behold, I am this day 85 years old. This is Caleb talking, as, all right? So you know, he's talking to Joshua. I am still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength is now as my strength was then for war and for going and coming. 
So now give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day how the Anakim were there with great fortified cities. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall drive them out just as the Lord said. Now I love the old King James version for verse 12. It's Caleb and he says, give me this mountain. That's what the old King James says. Give me this mountain. He's 85 years old. Even for back then, 85 is old, okay? I'm not saying 85 is old right now because I'm soon to be 50, so I'm close. But he should have been thinking about the valley. Those are the golden years. He should have been like, I mean, 65 is retirement age, right? He's 85, Miss Lil. He's 85, not 65. He should be retiring. He should be sitting in the rocking chair in the valley not conquering mountains. He should be out fishing or something. And he's, he's ready to go slay more giants. He said, give me that mountain. Man, don't you wish that you were strong, as strong today as you were 10, 15, 20 years ago? Caleb's 85 and he says to Joshua, you give me this mountain because with God and my family, just with God and my family, I'll whoop those giants and we'll settle right in where we belong. That's faith. That's faith in battle. That's faith in waiting. And then verse 13 says, Joshua blessed him and he gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, for an inheritance. Therefore, Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb. Now listen to this. It became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, to this day because he wholly followed the Lord, the God of Israel. And verse 15 says, the name of of Hebron formerly was Kiriath Arba. Arba? And it was named after Arba, who was the greatest man among the Anakim. And the land had rest from war. There's a couple things I want to grab from that real quick. First off, the land was named for the greatest man among the Anakim, which is the people who lived there. This, this man was so great in there, and it's being given to Caleb, an 85-year-old man, who all he really had was trust in the Lord. Uh, who besides Joshua was the last adult because Israel doubted. So the last two people alive are Joshua and Caleb and, and the greatest among the conquered lands. His land is given to Caleb who came back from spying and said, yeah, they're big, yeah, they're fortified, but all this stuff is out here. But hey, with God going before us, we can conquer them. And at the end of all of that, with land still to be conquered, battle still to be fought, God said, I'm going to go before you and I'm going to take care of them. Caleb, here's your, here's your reward. Here's your inheritance. You see, the, the Israelites, they allowed fear to rule them rather than faith. They didn't wholly trust in the Lord as Caleb did. That's why they wandered in the desert for 40 years. That's why they didn't get to live in the promised land. But Caleb, because he wholly trusted in the Lord, he was given an inheritance of the land that he originally spied out and reported on. And at 85 years old, he was still ready to go and continue to fight for his inheritance. I'm sure everyone around Caleb learned from his faith and his boldness. Hey, what are people learning? What are the people around you learning from your faith and your boldness? Are they learning faith and boldness? Or are they learning to fear giants? And to be distracted by hard work. You see church family. Our kids have watched us through the years. Just like the Israelites 
their kids watched what was happening and they wandered for 40 years. Your grandkids are watching. And so are our neighbors. So are your co-workers. Brothers and sisters, uh, the question we have to ask is, are we leaving them a bold faith to follow? Or are we leaving them fear and doubt and rejection? I'm sure that we could all do a better job of living out our faith. But we need to commit to growing God's word so that we can live out our faith. And maybe I should say, live our faith out loud for the next generation. I want to touch base with my senior saints for just a second. I'm talking to you as well. Just because you're over 65... My father-in-law, Mike Grant, says all the time, the government says you can retire at 65, but you never get to retire from the Lord's work. So come on. We need you to continue to be examples in faith, in obedience uh, to our fellow seniors as well as to the younger generation. The Bible challenges our old men and our older women to invest in young men and young women to share the faith. And so today, this morning... At this moment, I challenge everybody, be bold. Stay faithful. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're 12 or 85. Be bold. Stay faithful. Stay active. Stay focused on God's will. Stay focused on God. Stay engaged. Continue to encourage one another as you go to win and commit to grow. Are there going to be mountains to conquer? Yes, but that's exactly what mountains are for. They are mountains to conquer. So tell God, give me this mountain and go before me. There are mountains to conquer. There are giants to slay. Remember, our inheritance is waiting for us. We talked about that a little bit last week. Never quit. Don't give up. Keep on inspiring others for God the same way that Caleb did. Uh, we see an example in Scripture where he did his part. Caleb did his part. He wholly trusted in God. And then God did his part and he gave Caleb and his family the inheritance of the land. There are more stories coming about how God blessed the nation of Israel. I'm excited for the second half of this study as we get into Joshua 15 and all the way up through 24. But for now, we're going to stop here at the end of verse 15 because I think this is something that I want us to reflect on for just a minute. The end of verse 15 says, after Caleb was given his land, the land had rest from war. The land had rest from war. Are you tired? Are you wore out? Do you need rest? Are you tired of the battles that have been uh, coming to your door? Are you tired of, tired of the battles that you've been fighting on your own? Have you allowed doubt and fear to creep into your mind and your heart when it comes to what's going on in your life and our culture? It's time to do your part. This is not about works. It's, it's your part is to trust in God. Holy trust in God. Do you trust him? Do you trust him? Some of you trust him. Good, good. I, 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 I'll warm you up this time. Audience participation, even you at home, if you're watching, do you trust God? Yeah. Okay, good. Now, nah, I'm glad to know that. Um, do you trust him enough to follow where he leads you? Yes. Do you trust him enough that he will go before you, that he will fight the battle. All right. See, he's already set up a plan to conquer sin on our behalf. Do you wholly trust his plan for your salvation? Do you know his plan for you to have salvation? 
Are you willing to go share it with somebody? Caleb knew God had a plan. Caleb knew God was going to take care of him. And he shared it with the whole nation of Israel and they rejected it at that moment. And there was a consequence for it. But there was a reward for Caleb who did not reject God's plan. You see, God's plan for us for salvation is simple. Repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you trust him wholly, like Caleb did, are you ready to stake your life on it? Caleb was. Before the Israelites and before the enemies of God. And God gave him his inheritance in the promised land. Caleb was victorious in every battle. I believe it was because he wholly trusted in God. In the same way, there's an inheritance for those of us who wholly trust in God's plan and do their part. It's called spending eternity in heaven with him. Are you ready? I am. Let's consider these things as we stand and sing our response song this morning. Will you respond to God's word accordingly?